Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. So let's get down to it. Uh, Sumeya, your superpower is telling people why they need to know what we're talking about. And so can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and then tell them why it's helpful for everybody, no matter how long they've been in product management, uh, to hear a little bit about what you could do in those first days or years on the job? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff, for putting this together week after week. And Dred, always a pleasure sharing a stage with you. And thank you all for joining us here in the weekend product. Today's topic, the reason it's so important, I would say for some, even for people who have been products managers for a while, is because as practitioners in this larger community of products managers, uh, it is important to have that empathy and understanding. It's so easy to take so much of what we've uh, learned over time for granted. But as we start helping uh, our uh, colleagues and mentoring them and we continue climbing that leadership ladder, um, it becomes really important and continues to be really important to build that empathy, that understanding, and to understand how to mentor and how to teach and how to um, nurture. Because being one, uh, being a product manager does not necessarily mean you're going to be great at helping others be great product managers. Uh, and so this is part of that skill building of learning. All right. Sumeya, the godmother of Clubhouse, always dropping insights everywhere. And thankfully here, four o'clock every Tuesday at four o'clock Pacific time. Uh, thank you for that excellent summary of why everybody needs to know, you know where a new PM should uh, focus their energy and what skills they should develop. I'm going to start with uh, Nazak, who actually gave us this topic. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then just dive in uh, with very briefly, where is the most important place to focus energy as a new PM? Hello, everyone. So first of all, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm honored to be here among you know your leaders and and thank you for hosting this room every Tuesday. I myself have been a listener uh, week after week, and there's always something to take away. So thank you for that. Um, for myself, I have been a product manager from last, I want to say, seven plus years now, mostly in financial services and fintech space. And to your question, focusing energy, I think something I wish I had learned this little bit early on in my career, but now looking back, there's two things I always look back at now is taking ownership and being proactive. I think these are the two things early on, you know, taking up tasks, like some of the tasks that we may call them as grunt work, but taking on those tasks and getting it done for the team and being very, very proactive with communication within the, the immediate team, which is, which is like a scrum team, or beyond that to the management. I think these two things, looking back now, I think were really foundational and critical uh, starting as a new PM. 
Thank you for that perspective. And then, Ansuman, why don't you answer the same question? Tell us first a little bit about yourself and then dive in. Uh, where do you think a new PM should focus the energy? Um, so, uh, hi, everyone. I'm Anshuman. I'm a product manager at Airbnb currently. But before this, I've been a product manager at Microsoft in a variety of teams. Um, my current gig is focused on privacy at Airbnb. But before this at Microsoft, I was actually part of the Microsoft Teams product team. And I uh, was one of the founding members there. And also, um, before I left uh, to join Airbnb, I was actually working in Microsoft Teams for healthcare. So a little bit of health tech uh, product management experience there as well. Um, this question around what new PM should do to lay a foundation of success for themselves, I think is a good one. And looking back on my days as a new PM, and uh, drawing some insights and also reflecting on some of my other friends and colleagues that have been in, I see you know, a couple of different things. I, I definitely agree with uh, Nazuk on um, owning the communication and being sort of a, you know, a servant to your cross-functional team, really taking up work that other people may not want to do at that point just to kind of get in there and show your value. I think that's a great thing as a, as a new product manager. The other important one that I, I think... Um, is relevant is really focusing on learning about your customer or industry or domain. So this includes doing things like attending events for that particular industry or domain or subscribing to industry journals um, or, you know, uh, other bloggers or influencers in that space or just, you know, like digging into competition and research about your user. And I think understanding your user and customer and the industry gives you a leg up as a product manager and as a new product manager, if you can you know, focus on that area first, I think that's kind of the foundation of product management. It really helps. The, the last one that I would share is um, you know, building relationships. I think this is, this is very, very important. And as a new product manager, you probably get exposed to a lot of different stakeholders at once, and it might be a little overwhelming. But by focusing on relationships, you can often tap into you know, their experience and ask them for help. And that's going to help you become a more successful product manager as you mature. So building good relationships and, you know, leveraging your team and asking them for help, um, you know, when you're new, I think uh, are some of the things that really are helpful for new product managers, in my opinion. Thank you so much. Sumeya, do you mind kind of chiming in and then we'll let Nazik uh, comment on what you and Anshuman say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, fundamentally, the skills that I always encourage all PMs to have are, you know, the the the, the curiosity one, uh, which comes along with asking a lot of questions, uh, and the second one is empathy. Um, and so with those two, there it's uh, they're really characteristics uh, that you build over time and muscles you build over time. And so I, I always like to see people start on, on on both of them from day one. Yes, you know you can build those skills without being a product manager, and sometimes you know you you might have uh, that empathy skill built out just from the way you grew up or the way you focused on it uh, beyond your years as a, as a PM. Uh, but it is something that I think is, is extremely important because you are focused primarily on serving the needs 
of your customer or your user. You are focused on identifying the pain points that they're facing so that you cre- you can create the right solutions for them. And so those two together, curiosity, which, which has, curiosity has a sense of uh, optimism and, you know, learning built into it. And, and that uh, means that you'll try to find every way possible to learn about not just your customer, but your industry, uh, your company, uh, your the, the different business models, the channels, the, the frameworks, and all of that together, I think, only helps you become better at whatever you decide to do. Nazik, did you have something to add to that? I was just going to say, I think those are really great points from Sumeya. I wanted to actually... Uh, talk about Ansuman's point on uh, domain knowledge. I think for domain knowledge, going back to my own experience starting out as like PM in year one, year two, um, I started out my career in financial services space. And I had a few years already doing like a, you know, I've been part of the product team as a business analyst when I started my career, but financial services for, was new for me. So back then, I think if I had uh, maybe paid more attention to domain knowledge, but, you know, like understanding simple things like at the time, you know, what's a payment processor? What's, what is all the jargon, you know, cross-border payments and risk and credit checks? And I'm now talking very specifically of this industry, but I'm sure every domain has its own jargon. But being able to take that jargon, starting out as new PM, and start to build little by little, actually, you know, deciphering all the jargon there is and making sure the understanding, uh, you know, even if reaching out to veteran PMs in the team, if there are any, to understand uh, and gain more knowledge. I think that really helps to grow within that domain, you know, if, if, we, if a PM wants to head to like a, being a specialized PM in a space. Thank you, Nazik. And then, Anshuman, I'm curious on your take on this. How much time and energy should you put into becoming a domain expert uh, based off the industry and product that you're into? And how much should you be focused on becoming a PM expert, you know, really learning up more how to how better to do your job and uh, connecting with people? Yeah, I think it depends on the industry. And, you know, certain industries are tend to be more complicated than others. I would say definitely fintech, Healthcare, um, you know, the ones which are heavily regulated have a lot of precedence, and uh, it's really important to kind of understand the domain before you propose uh, things. Others, which are less regulated, tend to have more flexibility. So I would say it depends on the domain, but I would say it's a healthy. It should be a healthy balance between the two. Um, and you know, like as a as a PM, I think you have to spend a little bit of time upfront on the domain to kind of make that assessment on like how much time you should spend on the domain versus just learning the PM skill set. Um, I would say in general, start off with a 50-50 and then as you learn about the domain, you can assess like if you need to spend more time on it. Um, as an example, like when I entered the world of uh, healthcare tech, I really was new to it. I'd never worked in healthcare before. I started, I had a background in unified collaboration and communication, which was Teams. And I had a little bit of background in security and privacy. And I carried that over into healthcare, but I was actually working on integrating electronic health record systems into Teams. 
And um, there was just a lot to learn. And, you know, without learning that jargon, without learning the existing protocols, the domain, I found that like the features that I was proposing were not really relevant. So it took me, you know, I had dedicated a significant portion of my time um, to that, to, to learning the domain. But in other cases, like, you know, if I worked on like a consumer facing product, I would say like, you know, uh, it's less about the domain, but more about understanding your customer. And then also like, you know, spending spending your time like working on your PM skill set just to be more effective as well. So it, answer is depends, just like in many other things. But this one last point I'll add is um, Nazuk was mentioning this about finding someone experienced. I think it's a great idea as well as a new PM to find a mentor, uh, find an experienced PM mentor somebody that you can you know run your ideas by like you can discuss your challenges with i think it's a good ad- advice in general for any role but even for for pms because it tends to you tend to um, operate in a very matrixed and complicated world of stakeholders you can often run into problems and it might feel very challenging so having like another person to share share your sorrows with and share your joys with and ask questions to is very helpful Thank you. So for those just joining us, we're having a conversation. This time, uh, we're focused on a new PM. And as Sumeya wonderfully put it at the beginning of this show, what you do as a new PM and and being able to, uh, the advice we're giving to new PMs is also going to help you as a senior PM because you want to help lead and bring uh, people to the next level. Uh, Sumeya, do you have any agreement or disagreement based off of what was said regarding the balance between domain knowledge or product knowledge versus, you know, knowing how to do the job and connecting with people, uh, focused on people and the job role versus uh, the domain and the the product? You know, um, product management roles are different uh, depending on the company, depending on the on, on what uh, on the product you work on, uh, on the domain. There are so many variables that affect what you end up focusing on at any one time. Uh, for example, I've been in this world for almost 20 years, but last year for the first time, I started working on platform, on DevOps specifically, DevOps uh, platforms. And there I I needed to focus a lot on domain. Uh, I mean, I was reading books, I was talking to people, scheduling meetings, uh, uh, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts. I, I devoured anything I could lay my hands on when it came to the topic of DevOps. And I worked with really smart people that I can ask questions to and learn from. But I think fundamentally that skill of asking questions is really what matters the most, uh, even as someone who's experienced. Uh, and so if I, if I was to, if you have the interest and you have the desire, you know, fundamentally, let's start there. Then the next thing that you just need to work on is asking questions and being able and being comfortable in that. And actually, when I think about uh, some of the newer PMs that I've been, uh, that I've mentored over the years, one of the things they worry about the most is uh, looking or sounding stupid. And and that stops them from asking questions when that's all they should be doing. Uh, And so I encourage, (laughs) if you had to pick a skill to master right away, I encourage that skill, that skill of asking questions without that fear, uh, without worrying about, uh, you know, negative voices or anything like that. Asking questions is like, is your job. 
because you don't have all the answers and you don't know all there is to know about either the problem or the solution. So I know I did not answer your question directly, Jeff, but I just wanted to say that a lot depends on the role and um, the company and the culture. Uh, but if I was to pick just one thing to focus on, uh, that would be it, the questions. Excellent. Thank you. You did answer my question and you nicely added some practical examples that people can kind of sink their teeth into. So thank you, everybody, on that one. Uh, now it's time for Red. He's been silently waiting for his moment to come. Uh, and now it has. Wow, I'm excited. Someone's a product manager by day. I am curious what they are by night. Uh, so with that in mind, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are We're all hanging on the edge of our seats. <laughs> what are they so, by night? Bring them with up. With that in mind, <laughs> Safat, if I'm saying your name correctly, or superhero, sir, uh, the stage is yours. Product manager that by is day, awesome. Safat that is the night. best intro I've ever heard in my life. On Clubhouse. So I'm a wannabe funny man at night. I'm not there yet. I'm trying. <laughs> but that is definitely the funniest intro I've heard. That's, that's great. Thank you so much. I actually just wanted to share something. Uh, just on the lines of um, how, how, this, how this room started. And um, just on what Samaya said as well. That uh, product management roles are different. Inherently different depending on the industry you're in and the company you're in. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to share an experience I had when working in the telecom sector. And this is perhaps unique um, in the situation I was in. But in the first 30 days of my role, um, I was asked to present a short-term product roadmap to my B2B customers. So this was very specific because I had representatives from the company, uh, from the companies that I was serving um, as a product manager, um, come in and see what sort of improvements and uh, attributes uh, we'd be refining in terms of the product. And that gave me a chance to actually meet all the customers face-to-face. It was very unique. I don't, I don't think, I really hope it happens again, but I don't, I don't think it will. <laughs> but um, again, it's, it's so important to meet your customers uh, and meet anyone who basically touches your product so you understand what the pain points are and what they're looking to achieve when they're using a product. I think that's an important point. Uh, who is coming off mute to, to chime in on that? Because I think all too often product managers uh, who don't go from junior product managers to, to rising stars uh, focus too much on the solution uh, and don't fall in love with the problem and getting deep into the problem. Uh, and it sounds like that's connected to what Safat was saying there. Uh, Sumeya or Nazik, did it, was that one of you coming off mute to chime in on, comment on what he said? I am more than happy to yield to you. Um, I totally agree with Safat. I think uh, depending on the role and the company, uh, your first day, your first week, your first month might look really different. And so at that point, really, what is the most important skill? It's truly to lean back a little bit, listen, try to understand, and then And when I say try to understand, in that I'm talking about actively asking questions is really the most important thing you do. And then don't let fear hold you back. Take action. Because one of the things that I also notice uh, sometimes in the early days, because of that fear of failure, you see a lot of analysis paralysis happening in the the first uh, couple of weeks. But um, 
use that goodwill because there is a lot of excitement about having you as part of the team. Use that goodwill as an opportunity that allows you to experiment and iterate yourself. Use the same mindset you have as a product manager, I think, to 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 do the work you do. So, Safat, I make that comment because if it was your first role as a product manager and you were asked within your first week to create a roadmap uh, or your first month to create a roadmap, you probably had a lot more questions about what does it what does a roadmap look like here? What does it need to include? What is the information you need to include in it? And and so I'm curious about what kind of uh, action you took to make sure you were able to do that. Maybe I didn't um, give a, a deep enough background on it, but some of the roadmap was already built from from going product manager, uh, and it, it wasn't my first role as such. But it was the first time I, I got placed in a in the telecom sector. So I'd always been in tech startups, and uh, there you're kind of sort of like, at least in my experience, shepherded through. Finding out about the customers and and the sort, of, I always felt that there were sort of group activities, but in this particular case, um, it was more about okay. Well, I guess the first um, uh, first assignment I was given was go speak to customer care, find out what sort of complaints you're getting from what's what sort of difficulties customer care is hearing from customers, and and from that. Um, uh, basically determine um, what sort of challenges you're, you're, you you think customers are going to be face customers are going to be bringing to you when you meet them um, and and by the way these these were these were these were sort of the enhancements that the previous product manager has has sort of assigned to uh, the business analysts to sort of backlog into the the product refinement roadmap okay and, so you had the yeah, starting so- point. Got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was specifically told not to promise anything, which was a fair point. But I think the greatest gift of all is when your boss tells you, hey, guess what? Welcome to this company. And 30 days from now, you're going to be meeting your customer. Like, that's that's the most amazing gift a product manager can get uh, from my point of view. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Good comments there. Uh, good story to share. And then Red. I think it's time for uh, a question. So I'm going to let you turn it over and see how best to figure out who has a question. And anybody who has comments, we'll get you up on here too at, at some point. But I uh, want to make sure that Anshuman and, and Najak have a, and Sumeya have a chance to answer some questions that are in the audience. So Red, how do you want to do it? Of course. Well, I think um, I see someone on stage, but Amin, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see anything specific about product, but I, I'm very curious. What brought you up on stage? Uh, what kind of question do you have? The mic is yours. Hi, guys. Um, I've done startups before, but never learned product management in a very formal way, but I've got interested in it through Sumeya. Um, now I signed up for a Udacity course uh, on product management just to get like the basics and to master those. And I'm just asking here, uh, what are some seminal books or works that I need to read or know uh, to kind of seep myself in, in and build myself a strong foundation. Lots of books. Gosh, this is a this is always a favorite question. Let's um, let's do this in order of uh, uh, visual appearance. Uh, Sumeya, Nazik, and then Ansman. Favorite book that would help. Uh, I mean, there. Um, I actually had this as one of my bullet points when talking about the new PM. Uh, you know, what should you do as a new PM? Um, there are a few books, you know, and you can always look online too and get recommendations. 
but I personally like, you know, these three. So I really like Inspired by uh, Marty Kagan, like how to create tech products that customers love, especially if you're being a product manager in tech. And there is a book um, called Hooked by Nirayal that really goes into the psychology of engaging users into your product that I find really good for consumer-based products as well. And then uh, just on goal setting and objectives and you know how to execute really well uh, on your product vision, I recommend a book called Measure What Matters by John Doerr around setting off of objectives and key results. I think between these three, like they cover like different aspects. And uh, these are my recommendations personally, and have helped me a lot as well to become a better product manager. Nasak? So one of the absolute ones that I actually recommend all the time is Inspired, the one that Antuman just said. So among the three that Antuman already recommended, the one I really like is also the Lean Product Playbook by Dan Olson. So that would be another recommendation. Sumeya, anything to add to that? Oh, I have. Uh, I'm looking at my stack right now. Uh, truly, the I, I always give three books to my employees when they first join, um, and and some of that is specific to uh, Pivotal Labs, the the way we do our work. But uh, the first book is the Startup Way. The second wo- book is Extreme Programming Explained, and the third book is Extreme Programming. The last two books are by Kent Beck. Um, and they're all about the, the methodology that PMs, uh, not just engineers, use around uh, XP uh, when we're talking about pairing and the different ceremonies, etc. cetera. Um, and then um, the, the Startup Way by Eric uh, Reese is a, is a seminal book that uh, I think is really important. But there are so many others and I, some of the recommendations you've heard so far, I definitely agree with. Thank you, everybody. Good question. Thanks for asking it. And Red, uh, stage is yours to keep managing. Yeah, there's a lot of people on stage. This is great. Let's keep it going. And I mean, thank you again for jumping into product management and asking that question. Feel free to join the Slack channel and DM me. Anyone who's new to the room right now, go to my Slack, sorry, go to my uh, profile, find my Twitter, DM me, and I'll give you an access to the Product Management Center Slack channel, where you can ask questions and meet everyone else that's on stage right now. Uh, with that in mind, we're going on to, I hopefully I'm saying your name correctly, Kishore from Carnegie Mellon. Uh, you're actually the first person I've ever met with a, a BS from Carnegie Mellon. So uh, I don't know if that makes you feel special, but I feel special meeting you. So with that in mind, what is your question for the stage? Uh, thanks, Red. Um, really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I just had a quick question. Um, do you guys recommend any tools that you guys use for customer and market research? so that you know what products to build or like what features to uh, develop? Excellent question. And we're going to let this free for all. So it looked like Sumeya was going to chime in and then just unmute when you're ready to answer too. Yeah, I do have a quick clarification. Um, What do you mean by customer research and insights? Are are you looking to collect them there or are you looking to ask live people through that? Like what kind of features are you talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess like just in terms of like talking to the customers. Um, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like trying trying to figure out their pain points so that you know like what to actually build. Right. So uh, there are there are multiple. There is not a single tool that uh, that's out there to help you with 
every part of that essentially journey of you, the PM or the UX uh, researcher as the users. Uh, there is uh, There are userinterviews.com, which helps you essentially um, uh, bring the, the, the find and bring users to do research with. Um, there is otter.ai that helps you uh, basically uh, the, write out the transcript of the conversation. And then there is still the, at least based on my knowledge and, and what I know so far, you still have to do the manual synthesis uh, of um, going through the interview notes and understanding what the pain points are. Of course, the super manual parts are the first part, the the beginning where you come up with the questions and understand how you're going to run the interviews, uh, whether it's an interview guide or script or whatever you want to call it. And then the, the end part, which is the synthesis. I'm not aware of other tools that, that do anything for those two parts, but would love to hear from others if they know. Anshuman, do you have any uh, tools that you use when you're uh, getting customer insights? Um, I think it depends. Depends again on the on the on the customer, the industry, the domain. I don't use any specific tools. I tend to rely on user research to conduct um, you know different types of research that would help me kind of understand the customer, understand the problem space. Um, they they tend to use a bunch of tools. Uh, I think usertesting.com is one they use. Um, they also just recruit customers uh, depending on the criteria that I provide for focus groups and surveys. And for surveys, you know, it could be anything like using any any of these survey tools that we're aware of, like SurveyMonkey is an example. But you know, just forms, Google Forms too, and and you know, tools of that nature. Um, there's not a specific tool that I use for collection of these insights. But what I end up doing is once I get um, the deliverables back from the user researchers. I end up cataloging, you know, all of them. Uh, if I have potential feature ideas or product improvements, I do end up catalog- cataloging them in this tool that I use to manage my backlog. Currently, it happens to be Jira, um, but in the past, I've used Azure DevOps at Microsoft. Uh, also used uh, Asana and or like even like more consumer grade tools like Monday.com um, and uh, Airtable. But just you know, put those insights into uh, put any of the insights that you think are going to turn into features into your backlog before you forget them. Uh, that's the only guidance that I provide. Excellent. Thank you. And then I got to turn to Red because he just happens to know a little bit of a company that does something pretty helpful here. Uh, Red, tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> Shameless plug moment. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, I work for a company called Apptentive, A-P-P-Tentive. You can Google it or you can find it in my DM. Um, that is focused on exactly what you just described, customer feedback, but not feedback where you chase them down via email. It's that proactive contextual feedback where you actually hear from your customer, not the vocal minority. So if you're interested and want to hear more, please ping me. But uh, today is not about me. This is about Q&A and uh, let the website do all the, all the talking. Uh, Kishore, was that helpful in terms of the questions you were asking? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you. You're very welcome and rock on. Thank you for jumping on stage and if you want access to that Slack channel, DM me. Uh, Farah, I'm hopefully saying your name correctly, um, but someone who's in go-to-market is welcome to this room. <laughs> you you are a whole different side of product management. and would love to know uh, what your question is and, and what your perspective is. 
Sure. It's more of a, a comment um, than, than a question. You know, one thing, being in the product space now for over 10 years and the go-to-market, right? So that's where I, you know, I tell my colleagues and, and peers, this is where uh, the rubber meets the road, right? right? So here's everything we thought the problem was, here's the solution did, but how do we make it meaningful in the market? And, you know, the way I have looked at this and have been, you know, finding it easier to connect the dots between all the various stakeholders, even, you know, during the development process is we're telling a story, right? Here was, you know, once upon a time, there was a problem. Here's what we, we discovered about the problem. You know, the climax was we found a solution. And, how, and th- then how do you get to that happily ever after? And that's really, you know, that seems very simple, um, and, but it seems to resonate across all audiences, no matter what area of work they're in within an organization. Um, and anything that you put out there, you know, um, I, I want to make sure an eighth grader understands it. So um, that's really been my approach. I found that it <laughs> helps a lot of people put their guards down, that we're not trying to, you know, teach them something new. They feel like it resonates with a problem and it is a solution. And if it's not, right, there is this dialogue that's been created that they're able to provide feedback. And that feedback then, you know, take it upstream and in the product development process. So I have found that to be really helpful for me. Um, I wish someone told me that when I started uh, in product space and I tried to, you know, fake it till I make it. And then when I pause in a second, I said, wait, 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 I'm over engineering what I already know and what human connections <laughs> play a value in this. So um, that's something that I share with my team when they join or any, you know, when I'm mentoring anybody um, that, you know, let's not forget it's about relationships and storytelling. Yeah, great point. And speaking of relationships and storytelling, I have a relationship here with Red, my co-host, who we do this every week, uh, and Sumeya, who is just dropping dimes of insights left and right. Uh, and so Red, as my co-host, gets to manage the stage. And I think since we've got more people on stage than we might be able to get to, maybe you could clue them in as to how else they could share their comments and questions, and then maybe do your thing before I turn it back to Nazik, Ansanan, and Sumeya. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I I seriously am so blown away and appreciative. We've already had a number, a handful of people have reached out on DMs to join the Slack channel. If you're interested, this is a great place to ask questions. Also, it's not just for the event today. There's, I think, Jeff, keep me honest here, it's almost 400 product-related managers in the Slack channel, and it's not just UW, it's anyone around the world. So if you're interested, this is a new style, a new community, and it's not just on Tuesday, it's every day for you. Um, with that in mind, uh, you've been patient and waiting on stage. Uh, Matt, I'm not sure what company you are working as a product manager for other than digital products. Uh, Red, I apologize for the interruption. Of course. I think we skipped John. Uh, and if you PTR, you'll see that John is there. Ooh. I had brought him up. <laughs> now, okay. now, for anyone who's listening, PTR is a, a Clubhouse Pro acronym for when you pull down, if you put your hand on our faces and pull it down, it actually refreshes who's next in line. So Matt, apologies. That is the cutest uh, dog ever. But John wins uh, for <laughs> by proxy of being uh, first in line. So with John, uh, apologies in advance. The stage is yours. And uh, whether you're giving advice from your experience as a guru or have a question. Uh, I have both a question and, uh, and something uh, to, uh, just as a comment. And since this is, uh, theme is new PM, uh, I thought I would chime in with my comment. Um, and just quick 
background on myself is uh, I'm the head of product at Zagro. We are insure tech and in cyber insurance, very much focused on the cybersecurity space. And I've been in product management for 10 years now, give or take. Uh, and so I was thinking back where, you know, when I got first got started, I think one of the most important thing, in addition to all the things that we've been talking about, is finding a good mentor that can help you, kind of guide you along the way. And because I feel like, you know, there was a lot of, obviously, there's so much to learn in the domain and just in terms of industry, as well as product management, you know, in terms of skill set and so many things to do, so many things to learn. It's really helpful to have someone that's been kind of ahead of you a couple of years to guide you along and someone to bounce ideas off of. No, So I thought I'll just uh, share that tidbit and um, how that's been useful for me. And I want to, in terms of question, kind of get a sense from the other people on stage. Um, what was your kind of most important and most kind of helpful thing that has guided you along your journey? I do, I do have a clarification point here because in my opinion, John has evolved over time where I think mentors at work are not necessarily as valuable as sponsors or champions. I'm curious about whether you see that difference. Uh, you notice the difference between someone who's just there, a mentor, versus mm-hmm. someone who actually they're like batting for you. I think that's a really good distinction. And I, I guess I, it would be great if there's both. Um, and I, I suppose I'll take either one if, no, if uh, depending on whatever is available. Uh, I most of my career has been in small early stage startups, so uh, I think in that case it's hard. I don't have as much of that, you know, someone that's internal in the company. I haven't experienced that as much, but I I know that in bigger companies, if you are able to find someone who can help champion you and uh, and, and kind of you know I, I guess pave the way so to speak a bit, that's always very helpful. Um, in my experience, I've always had to look for mentors outside of the company. Uh, so someone that's in a similar stage startup, but perhaps a little bigger, or perhaps someone that's been through kind of your career journey, or kind of in this position where you want to head or where I want to head. And that's been really helpful because they are also coming from kind of more unbiased, uh, you know, third party kind of a perspective to kind of analyze from, you know, you know a little more objectively, perhaps. And so that's been helpful for me. So I, was, I guess referring to more of that for myself and for my experience. And then what was the question again, real quick, in a nutshell? Oh, I was curious about uh, what were the something that's been really helpful in for some of the more experienced PM out there that are, uh, you know, what's had helped you along your journey? Uh, Excellent. In, Good question. Thank you, John. So uh, let's start with Nazik, since we haven't heard from her in a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, Nazik, do you have anything to add about something that was helpful from a senior product leader that helped you along your way? Uh, Definitely. I think I'm going to double down on this point that Sumeya mentioned actually previously about asking questions. And this is something I I think I got mentored on a couple times to not be afraid of and asking questions. I think uh, one of the, a quick story I'll, I'll talk about here is, so, and why asking questions becomes, is like PM 101, but yet, you know, uh, new PMs have this p- fear, including myself, um, you know. So a quick story is, 
Uh, one of the companies I worked at was a B2B startup and we were building a product for banks and it was a white label product. Now, the what really helped, you know, going back to the point of uh, asking questions was there was so much confusion around who we were building for, who we were actually building for. So one, when we're building for B2B customers, one is the business, but then that business might also have their own customers. So are we building for that customer or are we building for customers, customer? So just goes back to the point of asking questions and asking a lot of clarifying questions, even if they sound very, you know, one-on-one, you know, basic level, fundamental questions, still asking those questions. Excellent. Ansuman, anything to add to that? Something that a senior leader could do or has done for you that's super helpful in your growth? Yeah. Um, I, I think early on in my career, um, I got some advice from a senior leader that was a mentor. Uh, this is specifically around the the aspect of relationship building and understanding your stakeholders. And this was related to, um, you know, like your communication with stakeholders when you're in a meeting or when you're talking with someone, right? Um, it was essentially uh, an advice to be very self-aware on like what you're saying and what the perception is for the other stakeholder in terms of their incentives. Um, so you know, in a, said another way, it was to align yourself with your stakeholders. And especially when you're working with teams that are, you know, not necessarily part of your team or sister teams, um, understanding like their incentives and what you're saying, how it aligns to their incentives at all levels. If you can master that art, then I think like getting your point across becomes very, very easy. And oftentimes as a product manager, you have to really like interact with many stakeholders, new stakeholders, somebody you may not have a relationship with. So having that kind of ability in your conversation to understand A, their incentives, and B, tailor your communication towards them is something that you know I, I originally did not do very well. And I got this advice from this mentor or senior product leader. And I feel like it changed how I did product management and it enabled me to have really, really good relationships with my stakeholders and just made me more successful in everything else I did with them and in product management. So again, um, you know, can't emphasize the importance of having good relationships with your stakeholders. And, you know, as part of doing that, also understand like what their incentives are and how you can find commonality, um, you know, in your work with their incentives. And then Slack is working. Uh, Sarah Gallo raised a question or a comment on Slack uh, to the, what can a senior product leader do to help new PMs? Uh, create a psychologically safe space. Um, I think that connects quite a bit to this reinforcement of curiosity. But Sumeya, do you have anything to add to how somebody could create a psychologically safe space for new PMs? Yes, absolutely. By focusing the culture, number one, focusing the culture on learning. I think if everyone takes the mindset that whatever we're doing here is about learning more about our customer, learning about what works for them, learning to create effective solutions, it will take away all that fear around failure, around risk taking, around um, 
doing things that people are not used to or are uncomfortable with. So having that uh, focus on culture of learning allows everyone to help everyone um, build up and, and do better. Uh, and then the the last thing I would say, and, and, and that's secondary to, to the culture of learning, is the culture of feedback. So if everyone is focused on the shared uh, accountability or shared responsibility, but individual accountability, then how can we give feedback to each other so that we can grow um, and and just keep doing better? So those two things, I think, are really important um, for for that kind of uh, psychologically safe culture we all want. And then, Nazik, not to put you on the spot, but uh, has there been anything that your organization has done or you've seen a manager do that's created uh, kind of psychological safety as you're starting your product management journey? Uh, I want to say definitely uh, regular check-ins and also giving the autonomy in terms of, you know, if if the person needs to manage, like, taking time off, um, keeping that, you know, just being able to just manage expectation around it and allowing people to actually, you know, take time off as and when they need it. Flexibility even in, like, work work hours and not like a strict nine to five. So I think that flexibility and, you know, regular check-ins, that has definitely um, helped. All right. Thank you, John, for that uh, kickstarting that conversation. And thank you, Sarah Gallo, on uh, the Slack channel, the Product Management Center Slack channel, for chiming in with psychological safety and cueing that conversation. We're nearing the end of how to succeed in product management. And so I want to make sure everybody knows that every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, uh, Red, Samea, and I are here with some of the best product managers in the world, taking uh, t- on different topics within how to succeed in product management. Uh, we've got um, a Slack channel, the Product Management Center Slack channel, which if you could, if you want to find out how to get in, uh, DM Red on Twitter. Uh, so look at Red there, click on his profile and send him a DM and he'll get you added. And at noon on Thursday, noon Pacific time, uh, on Thursday, this Thursday, we're going to have a, just a text only, ask me anything with a group product manager at Microsoft uh, talking about responsible AI. So if you're interested in becoming a product manager in AI or you're already there and want to discuss and and ask questions or comments about responsible AI, uh, join us on the Product Management Center Slack channel Thursday, May 27th at noon. And then we're going to have all sorts of uh, Ask Me Anythings there as uh, the Product Management Center is about community, it's about knowledge, and it's about impact. Uh, We're trying to develop a more diverse a more inclusive and skilled product management community. Red, I before we get to concluding thoughts, I want to give you one more chance to see if you could get how many questions can you get asked and answered in two minutes or less. See what you could do, Red. Bring it on. Okay, so Matt, Tony, Mood, Avi, and then Ruloff, we can do this. You get 30 seconds to ask your question and one mod can answer it. So if you have one mod, that you want a signature from. Maybe you're just a super fan. I am of Sumea. Uh, I can just admit that. Uh, but uh, everyone else is cool too, but I'm a fanboy. I can't help it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but Matt, you get 30 seconds to ask your question. Fire away. And then one mod. You get to choose who. All right. Brevity is key here. Uh, okay. So for you guys, have you discovered any specific challenges in terms of uh, transitioning from a B to B um, role uh, to a B to C role. Um, so coming from that domain expertise to something a little bit more uh, general for B to C. 
And do you have a specific mod you wanted to answer this, or is this just going to be duke it out? Uh, Who's gonna uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I've originally started following Samea on this, so she's, uh, I mean, I, I've always uh, <laughs> jumped onto the room she goes onto. Um, so, but hey, open up to anyone. <laughs> but, I, I, let's me let's me just ask uh, a quick question of Najuk and uh, and Suman. Um, have either one of you made that jump between B two B or B two C? If you have, please uh, answer this question. The reason I say that is because I've had challenges with that jump. So I want to hear from you guys first. No, I was going to say I have jumped, but I've had challenges. And the challenge has been the domain knowledge. I have worked on both B2B and uh, B2C, like mobile app in banking. But the challenge has been the the knowledge of that customer base. So I was actually going to say I'm I'm open to listening to ideas here. Yeah, I, I'm actually currently in the middle of such a jump, and uh, Matt, um, uh, here's here's how I'm dealing with it. Maybe this will help. Maybe this won't. But um, I think previously, like when I worked more in the B2B space, it was more about the industry and the domain. And there's like various forums where you can gather like data and insights. And there are some set patterns around what customers are looking for, depending on the maturity of the industry. But when it comes to consumer-oriented space, all you got is data. I think like focusing on data and insights and having adequate telemetry about every single step uh, your user is taking in their user journey with your product and how they're engaging is ultimately the source of truth in making product decisions. I think that that, and then obviously, like having a, having the infrastructure to be able to experiment with hypotheses and test them out and launch experiments and observe metrics. You're, it's really hard to you know find the silver bullet in the consumer space. It's all about experimentation and failing fast and using data to guide your product. And that's how I'm at least dealing with that transition. Um, hopefully, that helps. Speaking of failing fast, I completely failed at taking two minutes and making that possible. So I. This is a perfect example of how fast I fail at things. Um, you should just ask my wife. <laughs> we have an ambitious goal. It's better to have an ambitious goal of four questions answered in two minutes by one moderator each <laughs> and then end up with one question answered by three moderators. <laughs> I know. I did not help. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, we have next week to sit, fix this. So for everyone who's curious and anyone who's on stage, unfortunately, we do uh, we do have to switch back to moderators and uh, Jeff for questions. But uh, Jeff, if there is room at the end, we, we could open up the room again. But I'm going to defer to you because we want to stay on time. Yeah, we'll keep people on stage uh, in case they want their moment in the sun. And if, uh, But again, I'd encourage them to hop on the Slack channel where they could ask a question and we could ask uh, Nazak, Ansuman, and Sumeya maybe to pop on and answer them. Uh, that way, because I want to get to concluding thoughts. They've given uh, these three product leaders have given us an hour of their time, and it's time to share what what they want to impart with everybody here. Um, so let's start with Ansuman. Uh, do you have any concluding thoughts? Um, in terms of concluding thoughts on the topic of new PMs, um, I would just say uh, be curious, um, ask questions. And uh, build frameworks, if you can, to tackle problems. You will be thrown many different types of problems. Try to take a step back and observe patterns and try to find frameworks that you can use to solve them uh, rather than like uniquely tackling each and every problem because that's something that I faced in my career. And I found that by building frameworks, I was able to scale faster. And these are just personal frameworks. These may not be any frameworks that you come across anywhere in the industry. You can take them, 
if you see them, if they make sense to you and adapt them, but having frameworks to be able to, you know, tackle problems as opposed to tackling every problem like as its own. Um, that That's my advice to new PMs. Nazak, any concluding thoughts? Yes, absolutely. So PMs become like the de facto leaders of their team. So uh, my parting thoughts here is to be that go-to person, you know, build trust with the team and the stakeholders and be that go-to person for the team. And that's it. And Sumeya, this is a rare occasion where we get your concluding thoughts after 5 p.m. I know. I don't have a room today, (laughs) which is great. Um, Or a family dinner at this time. I had different uh, concluding thoughts in mind, but I am changing it because Matt's question made me think of things uh, or, you know, some switches in my career that I had not thought about in a while. So, Matt, thank you for that question. Um, As I made the move from the B2B space uh, specifically to Remedy Health Media as the head of product, uh, reporting directly to the CEO, um, we had 35 million users uh, and I had moved there from financial services where I was working mostly on anti-money laundering and uh, compliance systems that were internal and enterprise facing. So what I wanted to share with you that the number one way or reason I succeeded in that role, even though it was extremely challenging, was because I had someone there who was a champion and a sponsor. So my partner in my job was the CTO and he really helped me um, learn, uh, gave me cover when I needed it uh, and really supported me uh, along the way. Uh, The CEO was an awesome supporter as well. And so all around me, I had people who who were helpful. And so I, I was able to take on that challenge. Um, I think if you're making that, that kind of jump to a space you don't understand, a lot of what we heard today uh, around mentors and people who are supportive and learning and immersing yourself in that industry and domain is, is right on point as well. All right. Thank you. And now, Red, this was your first chance where uh, we got to plug your not only your company that you work for, but the company that's uh, paying to help us turn this into a podcast, uh, an answer to a question. So it wasn't even like a, a plug, uh, a, a shameless plug. It was valuable information. Uh, so, Red, uh, do you have any concluding thoughts today? Oh, this is this was not prepared, anyone. This is not one of those things where Jeff is like, hey, I'm going to ask you this question. He literally just texted me. He's going to do this to me. Yeah, I, I would say, God, if, if I could choose one piece of advice, it's not fair. So DM me for more. But if uh, one concluding thought is it doesn't matter if you're in product. It doesn't matter what your function is at a company, UX, UI, sales, marketing, product marketing. What matters is how confident are you that you're spending enough time listening to your customers? And if the answer is I'm not, then there are a number of solutions and people out there that can help you do that. And it only takes 25 minutes to ask for advice. Just don't talk to the nasty salespeople out there. I'm not one of them, so you're like me. But if someone's selling you on a piece of technology that's going to solve the problem, that's not true. It's not technology that'll help you solve this. It's you. You have to be the one that makes the jump and making the time to listen to more customers. And no tool, no book, nothing's going to change that but you. And there are a number of product managers and people out there to help you make that transition. I know it sounds like therapy, Jeff, but you'd be surprised. 
how many people I know in product management that wish they could spend more time listening to customers. But unfortunately, that's just not the reality of the job. Thank you, Red. Uh, thank you, uh, Sumeya. Thank you, Nathak and Suman. Another great episode of How to Succeed in Product Management. I think I learn something every time, and I teach product management, but just, you know, when product managers get together and share their experiences and share their questions, I think we all get stronger for it. So I'm grateful that all of you joined us here today, and I hope you'll continue to connect with us. Uh, as, you, as I've said a couple times, I'm the founding director of the Product Management Center uh, it's here at the University of Washington, which means we get to leverage our outstanding faculty and some of our great students, like Ansuman was a former student here at the Foster School, um, and we get to leverage all that, and we get to create something that's good for everybody, because we're a public institution, and we're just trying to help everybody have a place where they could find community, where they could find knowledge, help our faculty create new knowledge, uh, and where we could all have an impact together. And the impact I'm determined to make, and we're determined to make here at the University of Washington is to develop a more diverse, a more inclusive, and a more skilled product management community. Uh, we can't do that alone. Um, and so I encourage you to connect with me on LinkedIn if you want to be a guest on how to succeed in product management, if you want to host and ask me anything on our Product Management Center Slack channel, uh, or if you want to come speak to our students next fall uh, when, when classes kick back up again. Uh, we need all of us, all of you, uh, to join us. And uh, it's great to have you here for another episode of How to Succeed in Product Management. And we'll see you back on Clubhouse Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time next week. Uh, thank you, everybody, and have a great day.